Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favor and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after-lodge banter. Welcome to episode 194 of the After Lodge Podcast, <laughs> brought to you from the passenger seat of Jeff's car. <laughs> <laughs> this is After Lodge Harlan, uh, no longer the After Lodge sensation because my cool little Google news anchor thing at the bottom doesn't work today. So, uh, yeah. I am uh, joined by worshipless producer Bruce, whose face is on camera. I don't, know. I don't want to go through the effort of covering the camera. I mean, kind of Please. Um, he's still there. And uh, now he's giving us an upward profile face. And, okay, moving on. Uh, Sir John is back. How's uh, life in Pennsylvania treating you, John? Oh, just dandy. Apparently it snows here. Yes, uh, we will get to the snow, because that's, uh, that's a big thing. Uh, you should be used to that. Yeah. I am. Quite a bit. Tony has showed up for the uh, sole purpose of making sure that the uh, awning gets fixed before pancakes for puppies. Um... And what yeah. luck, our uh, worshipful master is also present, uh, so that he can be so heckled. Uh, I've already done the heckling. It's not going to be fixed, it's just going to be torn down. So, welcome everybody. Uh, what they're of course referring to is, uh, last night, I had the Vernal Equinox celebration with my traditional observance lodge, where we do our thing, sacrifice a goat, yada yada yada. Uh, except I didn't go 
because I had a political function I had to be at. And so while I'm on my way to said political function on the first day of spring, uh, the skies open up and snow begins falling. And continues falling such that I woke up this morning to a foot of snow and had to drive my little infinity to plow my own way because there, there were no plowed paths out of here. And then I finally made it to the office, and it looked as though there'd been a heavy dusting. Uh, like, not really any snow at all, but enough to load a tree because it was wet, sticky, heavy snow. So when I walked under the tree going into the office, it decided to dump several pounds of snow onto me. So it's just been that kind of day. Um, I rolled by the lodge on the way home. And the snow had collapsed the awning porch thing that covers our door. Uh, and also, like, this pavilion thing next door that collapsed and crushed our fence. Who's echoing? How about now? Stop me, I'm muted. Somebody else. It's not me, I'm on a headset. It's public verse. Uh, I bet it's me! <laughs> so did that awning, or the, not the awning, the uh, pavilion, it crushed the fence? I couldn't tell in the picture. Oh, yeah, no, the, yeah, fence the, fence, is... the fence is crushed. Oh, boy. So now the goats are going to get out. No, it's not that fence. So, anyway, uh, I put this on Slack, and Mike's first, or Tony's first response is, oh, my God, what about the puppies? So... <laughs> Because, uh, as you know, we have a uh, Pancakes for Puppies breakfast this week. And Have you been a big fan of wrestling during the era where Jerry the King Lawler was commentating in the Attitude Era? Hearing about puppies just seems totally different for me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Slow clap. I don't get it. Jerry Lawyer, Jerry Law the King Lawyer and puppies. Did he have something to do with puppies? It's a stunner. He always referred to women's chests. As oh, puppies. as puppy. Okay. <laughs> puppies. Gotcha. Yeah, it was it, it was um I would say amusing, but it was mostly just childish. Hmm. But still amusing. Let's be honest. I mean, wasn't that most of WWF back when it was WWF? Uh, yes, I suppose it would have been. That, that was the whole era. Half childish, half amusing. For sure. It was like the Stacey Huber era, wasn't it? Hmm. I think Stacy Keebler was a little. Was she was a little after what would be considered the Attitude Era, but he was still doing. Bruce, you're gonna have to, Bruce, mute, have to unmute your phone, phone on your own. I can't. I can't stay on top of it. How about now? Is it better now? I think so. Oh yeah, clear as a bell. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, it's better. You gotta sit there and hold your meat hook next to it the whole time. That works great. Yeah. You can do that. And we can see your face. Yeah, tilt your thumb in a little bit. Yeah. In fact, I'm gonna like. Hey, there we go. Gonna have to freeze Bruce into the frame for the whole show, just so our uh, 
our rabid fan base can get their fill. <clears throat> so bottom line, are we going to get the awning fixed? That, that is important. Um, it's not going to be fixed. No, they're just going to tear it down and worry about putting it back up later. We're just It's going to be out of the way. So though. it's going to be like the sign. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, you know, you know, we sit around and make these grand, grandiose plans on how we're going to fix things. And then they just, that's all they are is plans. Well, we eventually get to it. We talked about the parking lot for what, 10, 12 years. Eventually it yeah. got done. That's true. Uh, the roof only hey, took about seven. So hey, you mentioned the pancakes for puppies thing. Dude, we may have single handedly ruined masonry with this thing. Because there's only like 8,000 people in our little town, and there's like 20,000 people signed up to come to this thing. So, And he's uh, exaggerating. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hey, so Tony, it, did, you add a, did you add a while supplies last uh, thing to the end of that? No, he did not add that legal disclaimer. So on top of everything, we're going to get sued. Dude, I dude, I haven't I haven't raised all my names off of any post, and I had and I have a disavowed knowledge of this thing. So, guys, guys, uh, I, I I got it. That that pavilion that uh, we need to replace like tomorrow. Let's just put it at the road, and it'll be a drive-through breakfast. <laughs> you say we have to replace the pavilion? I thought about suggesting we as a lodge. Mike, if you had the uh, if you actually had the staff, which I don't know that you're going to, you could run a drive-through out the back door. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and on top of everything, half of our breakfast crew is not going to be able to make it that day. Yeah, this is all except for Grand except for Grand Sensor Bob. Grand Sensor Bob has rescheduled his surgery, so he will be there. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, that feels like I need three more people to make up for him being there. <laughs> Dude, uh, I, I mean, I, I would, but I, I've got to go get ousted as the uh, chairman of a prominent political yeah, party. Yeah, but, but do you have to really be there to get ousted? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did y'all catch what he said? He called it prominent. <laughs> Yeah, prominent is in like like prom, like the high school prom. Yeah, sure. it's, prom. it's prominent. We have we have ballot access, just like the R's and D's. That makes us a prominent party. Yes, you. Are. I'm sorry, I, I, <laughs> I, I shouldn't make fun of it because I actually is one. And unlike you know, certain other party that's collapsing in the ranks, uh, we have doubled our voter total every presidential election for the past like. Six of them. That don't count. One to two, the two to four. The yeah, so keep that trend up. <laughs> One guy who named his buddy, they decided to gang up on two of their pals the next time. Uh, right. Yeah. So no, we went from point one percent to point two to point four, and then we jumped to like one point two, and then got to two point four, and then we yes, yeah, so it, it's that trend keeps up a couple more election cycles, buddy. Yeah. I didn't know. What, the what's the magic number? Five percent, and then we can, or ten percent, uh, and then you get national funding. Yeah. So, well, wait, whoa, we whoa, 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 wait a minute. Isn't that party against the government spending money on things like that? So uh, yeah. ironic, isn't it? Including, <laughs> yeah, we're including being against the publicly funded primary system, uh, so, where we as taxpayers pay for political parties to select their nominees. So wouldn't you have to say thanks, but no thanks? Well, you don't get a choice in the matter. Like once you cross a threshold, you have to use the public primaries. Um, 
And there's a whole bunch of other baggage that comes with that. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And by we, I mean they, an end. I am, uh, I am quickly on the way out. They will make that sacrifice for the greater good. Are you, exactly. uh, you know for a fact you're out of the money. Uh, I don't know for a fact, but I was looking at convention registrations and the uh, the caucus that is risen up against my methods is uh, it's very large. It's very very large. Now, now wait a minute though. Isn't that the same thing that we did last year? It is. It is. In fact, <laughs> remember I said that <laughs> next year which would be this year, I have another caucus coming after me the same way, I'll know that I've been effective. But I thought you said that in a joking way. I didn't yeah. think it was actually going to happen. Because <laughs> no, here's the thing with libertarians is, like, for some reason, we don't actually want to be successful. And so when you start rolling the ball in a successful way, people get mad and try well, that, to take you out. So what you're saying is the guy that you ousted was successful, though, then? No, no, that's actually... No, that guy needed to go. Um, I, 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 will, I will support... Hold on. I will support Harlan's point on this one. And all I have to do is say, that's why Bill Weld got the undercard and Gary Johnson got top card in our last election. Yeah. It, because, it, damn. Well, and then we immediately <laughs> proceeded to have, like, Gary Johnson's harshest critics be prominent libertarians from all over the country. And it's like, guys. Right. If Republicans can like hold their nose and coalesce behind Donald freaking Trump, we have no excuse. But it, um, we stick. But, but we stick to our like, principles. It, yes, and that that's does us well. That's, that that's does us about as much good as every other think tank that meets at the pizza place on the third Tuesday to talk about <laughs> philosophy. In that you talk about a bunch of stuff. I, this was a big part of my uh, my campaign speech last year was, you know, what, what's the point? Like, if we're just going to be a philosophy club, then why are we putting up with election finance laws and all these hoops we have to jump through to be a political party? We could just start a damn meetup for 12 bucks a month and, and be done with it. And because goal number one should be to break up the bipartisan system and well, yes. you're on your way to doing that. Yes. Well, that that's what even, I was even to do. nothing else comes out of it. That was that would be worth it. Yes. And that's that's what I've been trying to do. But behaving like a political party means, you know, you kind of have to break up the the philosophical debate club thing that goes on in a lot of places. Yeah, it, it can't it can't be a regular old token talk. Yeah. And that's that's made some people not happy. Uh, but we'll see how it turns out on Saturday. But. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to shed any tears if I don't have to do this anymore. Cause I thought being master of the lodge was like herding cats. Compared to this job, being master was... That was a cakewalk. Hey, like, These are like feral cats I'm trying to herd instead of the domesticated ones that you can lure around with food. <laughs> I have a Masonic legal question. Cool. Oh. Um... A lot of the states right now are talking about legalizing marijuana, and I think Florida just did it. Uh, different states are talking about doing that. What if you had a mason that was kicked out of masonry for smoking marijuana, for smoking pot, and then the state legalizes it? Is it still a Masonic offense, or um, would, he so have, would, would he have an appeal? Okay, let's start with number one. you got a problem with your lodge if that happens. Yes. Who, also, wait, wait, wait. Whoever has been kicked out of masonry for right. rocking the gun? Well, John, that's where I was going. Is, uh, here in, the here, hell? in West, here in Western Pennsylvania, uh, we still have a phobia about alcohol. 
we're not even going to get into the marijuana. Okay. Uh, that's oh my, my God. People are smoking the devil's leaf. Now yes. they got to get out alive. That's my practical answer, Tony, is that, you know, even if marijuana was illegal today in our jurisdiction, it's it's going to will amend the Constitution to make it some horrible crime. And yeah, <laughs> on the other hand, uh, to answer your strictly legal question, uh, no, you don't just get to come back. Because what, it was illegal at the time you did it. What if I was? What if I took it because my doctor prescribed it? Then could I have it in lodge? If wait, it was wait, legal wait. for your you doctor, fire, to wait, wait. It. you want to like fire up a bat in lodge? Yeah, what like, if, sure, or what? No, no. no. And this is totally hypothetical. But like, I, what if you came to lodge totally wasted because you had a prescription? For whatever, how would that that first ruffian party be hilarious? I mean, then that would be any different. That wouldn't be any different than coming wasted because of alcohol. But if I came because Because I was on, doesn't mean you can't. I've came to lodge on muscle relaxers before and felt a little loopy. So what would be the difference? You're always a little loopy, though. Yeah, that's nothing new. You probably but... shouldn't have. The, the standard is if you are not of sound mind, you shouldn't be going into the lodge room. So whether that, that's that would eliminate half or... the Masons I know. I was going to say, we're, tr- we're trying to stop the membership slide, and you just sit half of them all. I mean, whether that's, that's oxycodone, or, half of us, or yeah. heroin, or alcohol, or whatever it is, prescription or not. I mean, the whole reason we have those rules is to preserve the temperance of, of our lodge proceedings. So we talk about it with alcohol, but I mean, I think the principle applies to anything. That being said, I've violated that on numerous occasions too. When you've got that terrible cold thing going on and you're all thoused up on cough medicine. You've, you've got a chair to sit in. You're, yeah, yep. you're suffering from a flu, cold or whatever. And you come in high off codeine cough syrup or whatever so yeah i'm uh answering your your question from a, a legal advice perspective and not a do as i do perspective because well i don't um <laughs> but the the general principle is if it was illegal when you did it then you still broke the law yeah like if we if we made hell i don't know whatever crime somebody got convicted of, well this is actually on point a lot of people ask about you know if Legalize, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did so good. I did so good. (laughs) What is what is that? A lot of people talk about if uh, if our state legalized marijuana, all the people who are in jail, and there are a ton of them, like probably half of our prison population, for marijuana possession, would they then suddenly be pardoned? And the answer is no. Uh, because you broke Correct. the law and you were sentenced for violating the law. Yes. So the law changes but, later. That would, but that would be a post facto. Couldn't, couldn't a good lawyer argue that that law shouldn't have been a law? They could try. You could try, but you're not going to get anywhere if it's already overturned. Like if the law's already been changed, you're not going to get standing in front of the Supreme Court to argue that it was unconstitutional somehow. Your best recourse in that case would be for the governor to issue yeah, a, a commute or a pardons to these type of offenders, which he could do. The problem is our governor is one of those people that talks about you know the devil in plant form and he'll veto any bill that even looks like it has if it has the letters for marijuana in one sentence he's gonna veto it 
<laughs> I alternatively, I will point out that our governor, where I am at, uh, when the great debate was going on for whether we should have medicinal marijuana allowed, when parents of kids that were you know, stricken with disease had gone to meet the governor, his advice was you should go find a street dealer to get some marijuana. <laughs> hmm, I shit you not. <laughs> yep. That's all. Thankfully, he's not running for a third term. There's so many things wrong. Ours, ours wouldn't even say that, John. No, he's. So I was an on the idiot radio one day, and our governor was on the radio interviewing, and he was basically just selling this like parade of horribles that's not in any way true about how awful things have turned in Colorado since marijuana was legalized for recreational use. No, and and like I'm I'm listening to these things he's saying like. The homeless population exploded, and people are like killing each other, and crime is up, and this—they uh, haven't made any money. It's all like financial gimmicks and whatnot to make it look like they They've did. Made a shitload of money. Oh, well, no. <laughs> but the problem is, those. people who listen to this radio station—they're just—they're just no one. No one's gonna fact check this guy. That's how he got into the governor's mansion to begin with. Here's how much money. Not even made. from here. Like he bought a house here. Because he wanted to be governor somewhere, and he thought, hmm, what state would be easiest? Ooh, this I'll one. pick that one. I'm going to buy a house here and then run for governor. Here's how much money Colorado's made. I turned in all my badges. I'm no longer in the field of law enforcement. I'm thinking about taking a flight to Denver. That's how much money <laughs> they've made out there. Because that sounds like fun. Yes. I saw one of those viral Facebook posts where it was a picture of an orange. And they had the caption of "This is a this is a smoker's lung after overdosing on marijuana, and uh, don't smoke marijuana because it kills." And here's a picture of the lungs, and it was an orange, like a peeled open orange <laughs> looks like a lung, you know. Well, was that serious or was that a troll though? Well, so it was <laughs> a thing that somebody put out to be funny. Go ahead, like, as yes, a but then it picked up. People, but then somebody yeah. took it serious. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, well, sucking any sort of fume is toxic. However, there's the difference between rocking the gunge and sticking your face on the exhaust port of Peterbilt. Uh, you know, at least one's enjoyable. There are so many jokes that are so inappropriate for the show right now. Um, yeah, let's change that to Define Mack inappropriate, truck, not I want to make sure let's I don't cross that line. Let's not call it a Peterbilt. Let's call it a Mack oh, truck or something. Mike, you uh, you see John's uh, television in the background, do you? Not really. So uh, remember, Mike uh, made us all watch that 33 and Beyond movie. 33 and Beyond. I had a filming of it in my lawn uh, a month ago that was poorly attended, I might add. But it was there. He made us. Well, he, made, uh, us he made us watch it at our lodge meeting Saturday. And uh, one of the things that I took away was like how really well done all the backdrops of the film are. And I was like, you know, if you just like muted this and put it up on a TV somewhere in a lodge, it would be like a fantastic moving portrait. And now that's exactly what John's doing. See? Uh, I'm on the bleeding edge, buddy. Mike told everybody that we were going to watch this movie at Lodge Saturday, and then there were like five people at Lodge. Well, okay, so well, part of it is probably also because of the tournament, though. Lowest in, lodge attendance in years. In, no, lowest lodge attendance in a year. In, in his defense, I had sent out, I, I made a flyer, sent it out to everybody, sent it out to the local lodges everywhere. 
broadcast the shit out of it. I didn't have enough of my own members to open my lodge. I had five. And I had four members from a visiting our visiting sister lodge. So I had a total of nine guys in there, and I couldn't open my own meeting. <coughs> so eh, there's that. People didn't want to watch this movie. Uh, after I watched it, <coughs> turns I out like I like it. it. Uh, I like it a lot. Especially my like critique is it. they give York right about 15 minutes. Where well, that was what I liked right. so much about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like okay. Scottish right. you guys have twenty nine degrees, and we have nine rituals. No, dude. Like all the all the guys, all the guys in that video, and, and the ones that are in the background right now, they're all wearing uh, those really cool Scottish right hats. Awesome. Well, they're all they're all Scottish right guys. They didn't like grab anybody from mm-hmm. like General Grand Chapter <laughs> Council or Grand Encampment. And, and this is why it's it is thirty three and beyond. I mean, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Even knowing that, I was still like, I was confused. Like, man, this is really heavy on the Scottish right. And then it dawned on me, but I was so tired, I would, I couldn't focus on it anyway. They, hey, I'm, I'm just asleep. happy that they gave credence to the York right and at least talked about it. Although one guy in there, I still want to punch in the muff for saying that the York right tells you what to think. Yeah, no, which I, obviously I, is not the case. I like. You that. say you're going to punch him in the muff? Yes, I did. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I like that. That was the good thing at the ending, and then. It, it, it's it's the perfect Masonic documentary, right? It, it focuses in on the Blue Lodge, and then it graduates into why the Scottish Rite matters. You give the York Rite a passing mention because it's something you should do in passing, and you don't talk about the shrine at all. Like, it was a perfect yeah. Admittedly, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad they didn't talk about the shrine because it's not a rite. It's a social organization, so it, it doesn't quite qualify. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just say it. My lesson the there, Jeff, over my shoulder here. is that you should enjoy the York ride in passing and then move on to, you know, something else. Well, yeah. My very uh, <laughs> all of you, John. Blue Lodge in the United States is based off of York ride. I know. And think of how many problems we have with that. <laughs> I can't. You know, that's actually the best retort you could probably come up with. I really can't argue against that, can I? One day, well, when Bruce is Grandmaster, we're going to run the Scottish Rite system in the Blue Lodge, and we're going to like it. You know, you say that as a joke. Yeah, we had somebody up here try to do the uh, chamber reflection in the Blue Lodge as part of the third degree, and about got their charter yanked. So, so we we do the chamber of reflection on all three degrees in our lodge. That yeah, that's not part of the out of the uh, the Great White North ritual up here. Yeah, um, and when uh, that well, was it's not to... it's not here either. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> oh, one of the oh, ways good. one of the ways we get away with it is. The success that our lodge has with candidate retention, and when people talk to these guys, like since we started doing that five or six years ago, it is a very important fixture in what they describe their their memories of going through the degrees as. So it, it's effective, and that's what got the old guys over the hump is because they they saw it with their own eyes. They they watch me do the ritual. And then they hear our candidates who become brothers later talk very positively about it. And no, wait, uh, do you do the Scottish right version of the chamber reflection or the York right version of the chamber reflection? I call it an ado- an adapted Scottish right 
version because he does Harlan's version of the chamber, chamber of reflection. Right. Well, how very Pikean of you. So basically, <laughs> I got I got the ritual for this from some guys at the Masonic Restoration Foundation for our traditional observance lodge. Right on. Um, and then I adapted it slightly to make a little more sense in the Blue Lodge context. So I basically, you know, took some Albert Pike liberties, if you will. Yeah, um, we, we... And it works. It, it works because it's tied to each degree. So we alter the chamber a little bit for an inner apprentice versus a fellow craft. And then before the master mason degree um, and, and the, the lecture is a little different each time. And then we, we make the candidates, you know, he, he does a writing of some sort while he's in there. Um, for the internet apprentice degree, the fellow right. craft, and the master mason degree, and then we we seal those and we give them all back to the guy when he's raised, and nobody's ever seen them, but he doesn't know that. Oh, neat! And it's a a kind of a valuable tool to have at the end to be able to open those up and go back and like, what was my thought process before each of these degrees, and how's it changed? See, that's really cool, and we had a lot. Like I said, we had a lot try to do that on the third degree up here on a regular basis and the Grand Lodge came down and almost took their charter off the wall on the spot and it was admittedly initiated by somebody we all know from my up my uh, neck of the weeds up here uh, being a forward-thinking guy that he is um, but yeah our, our uh, was this Nick Johnson well <laughs> they, it could be a, a brother who is of it's some sort forward. of Scandinavian descent who's also an attorney However, yeah. yeah, up in up in the Great White North, they uh, kiboshed that pretty hard. Well, and that's unfortunate. I like that. It seems like a no. seems like a neat idea. Well, the other thing is we don't we don't really scream it from the rooftops because I imagine there's some Grand Lodge types that just wouldn't like it because you know it's not what they did. Yeah, <laughs> a certain Swedish attorney's not known for being able to keep his yammering skull cave shut. So oh, yeah, there's there's that. Uh, <laughs> Well, and we do a lot of courtesy Love work everybody. for other lodges. Oh, boy. So this is what makes it extra ironic, is our lodge is very successful, especially by the standards of this area. Uh, <laughs> measure it by that, we're enormously successful. And so we do a lot of courtesy work, where other lodges will bring us their guys to do degrees for one reason or another. Um, you could imagine what those reasons might be. Anyway, they'll bring them here, and then they'll like make them stand awkwardly outside the door to the chamber of reflection because their candidates aren't allowed to do that. Paralyze the A. Parts of it. <laughs> but yet you're bringing these guys to the lodge that has the people to do the degree work and the engagement and the involvement and the young men. And you don't part in what those guys do. That, that coattail's right there for you to ride on and you're not going to do yeah. it? What? Yeah. Why? Why? Um, that, that just always struck me as particularly poetic because it's for fuck's sakes. Like, I finally had to swear, you know, this is terrible. So we're not going to let you do it. And clearly it doesn't work because, you know, look at this lodge. Oh, 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 oh wait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we tried it once and if, if it hadn't turned out to be as useful as it is, we probably would have stopped because we wouldn't want to risk pissing off certain groups of people. Uh, right. But after it took off, it, it's just become a cemented part of our lodge now. And we've got the old guard, if you will, who've signed on to it. So it ain't going nowhere. Well, I seen something I, last week in Lodge that I'd never seen before. 
it was, it was something new to me. And that is when the secretary not only takes on the secretary's chair, but also that of a past grandmaster sitting on the sidelines. Um, Bruce Junior was past master. Yeah, Bruce was not there last week, and so Harlan played both roles. Harlan was kind enough to fill in for me. Um, yeah. Harlan, I really appreciate that, by the way. I haven't had a chance to tell you. I did my secretary stuff, and then I ran over to Bruce's chair, and I gave him disapproving looks. And, yeah, basically. <laughs> That's exactly what he did. He ran from place to place the whole meeting. And he'd go over there and say, hur, hur, hur. Yeah, and then he'd go back to his chair. There was one time you, I ran off the the catchphrase? just to grunt and then ran back to my chair. Like, I didn't even awesome. say anything. I just grunted. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a hrumph out of that guy. Hrumph! You watch your ass. We were able to do that because nobody was at Lodge. There were no visitors. There weren't even most of our own members. There's, there was like, well, it was more than five. What was it, Mike? Like eight guys or something? Eleven. Eleven? We had that <laughs> many? <laughs> to Tyler. Dude. Tyler. My I'm, I'm glad it's the other lodges do it because my lodge is like, yeah, we just go bats. I mean, we try to keep the the sanctimonious nature that is expected of opening and closing a lodge, but everybody's like me. Yeah, so I mean, when it, you when can see how well that would go. Yeah, it's you, all family. You know what, John? Like that's that's really what what attracts the younger crowd and keeps them like they don't want church part two. You like you. you, you well, have that's exactly to it. Take all the seriousness with a grain of salt. Or as sugar. a master, I don't need to preach to my inner apprentices. I don't need to do that. You want to know why? Because that's their deacon or their pastors or whatever's job. Right. I'm the poor bastard they have to look at on Thursday nights when they come together in a building together with other guys of the same kind of mentality. Why am I going to make it more arduous for them? Why am I going to read right. minutes? Why am I going to go over the budget? Why? I show movies now. We're well, going real shame tomorrow night. Right. No, no, hold up. Real shame. Because Sorry, we did no. have well, we did have four meetings worth of minutes that had to be read that meeting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was I fun. mean, I mean uh, Yeah. See, the standing rule in our lodge is the meetings are posted on the secretary's desk. You read them before the meeting. We vote on the minutes as soon as the meeting opens. Minutes approved? Yep. Great. Bang. If we could do that, I'd be so sadly mad. we are not allowed to do that. Yeah, we do that in consent agendas. Of course, so it's if we did that, I'd actually have to have the minutes done before lodge so people could look at them. There are many a lodge nights when I'm hacking away on my keyboard at minutes as the masters dropping the gavel and telling everybody to put their aprons on. <laughs> well, I I would give you crap for saying that, you know, you need that the lodge needs to have a competent secretary. However, I will speak as the fact that my secretary reached out to me wondering how he could contact all the members now that we've lost our uh, email blaster. And I pointed out to him that he's the guy for the last three years that has kept saying he knows how to get a hold of all the old members and he's going to do it. So I kind of had to put him on the spot with that. So, uh, yeah, I can't I can't knock on you for uh, not having your shit together as a secretary. But I'm I haven't had a box in a while, so uh, the box of shame has remained in the corner. Uh, so I'm barely staying on top of things. Have you have you done anything with it, or is it just there, full of its contents, and you've moved on? No, no, no. It's it's empty. Um, it's just there in case I need to, you know, load up a box again. It's just a 
box of shame that requires cleaning with a toothbrush? I mean, no, what, no, no, what are no, we no. talking about here? So in the old days of the, a few years ago in the show, I went on for like a year with the box. So around here, the secretary, most, most lodges like have their own building or even the ones that don't like the secretaries each have like an office or a place where they keep their files, etc. Okay. So usually the secretary shows up to lodge with like his briefcase and that's it. However, sometimes the secretary falls behind on stuff and he's got a big pile of crap that he has to churn through and it just keeps building. And eventually you end up putting it all in a box that you then carry around with you. And so the secretary's here call that the box of shame. So, so much like Moby Dick, that was your albatross. You had to carry the yeah. box around with so, you wherever you went. If you're not caught up on your stuff, then you, you end up carrying a box. If you're caught up on your stuff, you you know it's it's leaner, it's more efficient, and you can stay on top of stuff. But if you fall behind, it's going in a box, and you're lugging a box around. So there was a good good part of like an entire year where I just was perpetually behind on this stuff, and so I was lugging this box to and from lodge all the time. And uh, I eventually caught up. I I actually took like a small vacation from work and spent like three days at the lodge catching up. Uh, and then I managed to mostly stay ahead, but every now and again, things get out of control and I end up with a box. But uh, John, I, I've steered clear for a while. What Harlan is leaving out of all this is the four years previous to him having a box where he publicly shamed all secretaries who had a box because yes. he didn't have one. <laughs> yes. Had one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I uh, I heckled my my colleagues at nearby lodges. I would go to visit. Like, oh, you got the box. That sucks to be you. So of I'm course, I'm on the podcast in a box at the lodge. Also, that. Yeah. Oh yeah, and on the show. Uh, but these guys from nearby lodges, when they would see me lugging my box into the lodge on Saturday, I heard about it. <laughs> um, oh, well deserved. Yeah, I, I I can't I can't disagree with that. It's uh, but I'm I'm steering clear of box territory for the time being. I'm, I get precariously close now and again, but still, most things I can shove into my uh my leather bag, so I don't need. <laughs> You're steering clear of the box because most things you can shove into your leather bag, huh? Yep. Yeah. Well, the things I, that I, the things that I need. Like if you fall too far behind, you just, you just can't do that. Um. I, I understand, Harlan. I've been able to shove anything in my box for a while. So. Oh no, that. that is Ooh, damn. Like world level competitions for that. That's. Speaking of which, by the way, if you go to a urologist, make sure he doesn't have a grip like a, you know, like a hydraulic press. I just want to let you know that. Good to know. What? Good to know. Um, you know, but, it's just me trying to whisper advice into the ears of brothers. Uh, how, how, going back, how how did you lose the lodge's email? Bla you called it the email blaster? Well, so we had, okay. So, Was it like an app someone wrote? Okay, oh, hold on. Y'all so, need to come up with a better name. <laughs> well, it's, it's an email blast. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's kind of the name of the goddamn thing. <laughs> a mailing list? 
Well, yeah, it's mailing list. It's you send it to one single email and it blasts out to everybody else. It's an email blast. That's what it is. That's what it is. Okay. God, I know you could describe it without using the word blast. Oh, come on. It's fun. You can, but do you really want to? Yeah, fuck, why would you want to? Blast, 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 blast. <laughs> it's a blast. Yeah, exactly. So we have our, our website, which has gone down because we didn't keep up on our, uh, our fees with it. Because at this point, we're worrying about other things. Tied in with that was this email list where we would, it was our email blaster. Thank you very little. Where we'd send one single, you know, it was members at, you know, xlodge.com. And it would immediately send it out to all of our members. And everybody that was on that email list would get it. Well, it has since gone down. So it's like an email blaster. <laughs> I'm going to reach through here and I'm going to choke you until you pass out. Um, giggity. No, giggity, giggity. But uh, so my secretary was all flummoxed at the fact that we don't have this particular device anymore, even though I've set up, literally set up a band app on everybody's smartphone that we can communicate with each other, which is, and I, I don't get paid by them, but brothers if you're looking for something to be able to communicate with your lodges with band slack. app b-a-n-d oh we use slack but yeah slack's another good one i haven't i haven't done that because most of my uh most of the members of my lodger lodites and i really don't want them to get too lost down the uh portal of the internet we had a guy join our slack group uh, about two weeks ago a man who is 70, what, what, what is he now? 77, Tony? Every bit of it. Um, still has a flip phone. Um, and how's Tony doing? His kid's <laughs> got, kid got him a laptop. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. And uh, he was learning how to do email and whatnot and asked about getting into this lodge group thing he always hears about. So we, we dropped him in there. Um. So, Slack is deceptively simple for there's, old guys. There's we, a issue with that, though. What's the issue? At one time, when you got onto the what we call the Slack channel, and we've got all kinds of different channels, like an officers' channel, a fair channel, you know, just a technology committee channel, so that just those guys can talk to Jesus. each other sometimes. So anyway, so it's, it's we've made it pretty elaborate. Well. And we were all able to talk very, very freely with one another. You know, you say whatever you wanted to say, and you didn't have to watch anything. Well, as certain people learn about Slack, and they, now they want to get signed up for it, the first thing Harlan does is once he sees that a new guy, what's the first post you made once you see he got signed up, oh, Harlan? Yeah, I was uh, <laughs> like, you guys need to go back and delete some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You need to get rid of some stuff. Mostly, I was talking about a, a certain contractor and his uh, his cleavage <laughs> yeah. images. Yeah. Oh, so, which yeah, which like no. that was even out of nowhere. I yeah. I could have seen if it was in I don't know response to something, but it was just out of the blue. Yeah, it was just a random <laughs> picture. He decided to. Oh, what was it? It was the hair of the the puppy yeah. picture, as Jerry Lollard would say, it was a puppy. <laughs> yeah, picture. I remember that one. <laughs> I remember <laughs> because I uh, had Slack up on my spare monitor at my desk when, like, the HR lady walked in to ask about something. 
Oh! <laughs> and in your mind, you're like, it's fine, it's the lodge flag. This giant picture, yeah. What's horseshit timing for 300, Alex? Yes. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was not amused, especially since I've already been into it with HR a few times over yeah, Use big things. words of the HR. They get easily confused from my experience, so you're fine. Well, if we had been talking about something and he kind of threw it in there as like a funny response, this just came out of the blue. He just posted a a risque yeah. picture just so, out of the blue. Risque, yeah. So it was basically this. Chatter, 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 chatter. Chatter, yeah. chatter, chatter. chatter. <laughs> what? It's like that. Yep. Swell. So now we have to watch what we say again. We got to find a new channel. Nice. Uh, it's fine. Slack's not the place for that. Like you can. Well, but it used or, to be the part one. When you when you all first started the podcast, you all got on there. You said whatever you wanted to say, and everything was fine. And then you got busted. Well, then Slack was kind of get busted. We got framed. Well, you we got, got framed. We got ratted out. Okay, but then. So then the Slack channel was kind of that way. And again, we got ratted at, you know, now you got to, now we're back to where we started at. Mm. Well, there's always IRC, Tony. You are free to post all of the lewd pictures you want on IRC. Tony, what is the uh, common denominator between those two things? Because Harlan is the only one I see. Mm. Huh. Mm -hmm. That's that would but, be the common denominator is Harlan. Or everyone else on the show? It, it, yeah. In long answer to your question, Harlan, yes, I lost my email blaster and my secretary lost his marbles. <laughs> he would say for years that he knew how to get hold of people, and turns out he can't. Yeah, that, that ain't easy to, to, to pick up, man. I, I built our Lodge's contact list, and it's taken years, and it's still incomplete. I, I get that, but when your Lodge is under 50 people... You can figure out who's got emails. Well, could a secretary ever make a system that another secretary could actually figure out? Because you guys yes. do things in such a way that no other, but no other secretary can come after you and ever figure out what you did. Our, our previous secretary, they, who, they, they have a need to be needed, Tony. Our, our previous secretary, our, our, our now junior secretary, who had held the role for seven years and had passed it off by will to another brother was fantastic and he was like all right here's how you do this here's how you do this here's how you do this and my worshipful past master secretary kind of has gone derp so mm. i have to constantly be button heads with them so to answer your question tony uh yes i i do that Everything I have is in Microsoft Access, and if the new guy can't handle that, it's all very easily exported by me to Excel spreadsheets to just dump on the guy and say, here, do with this. What Access? You what kind of troglodyte are you? Uh, it's a long story. Uh, I had a, a custom-built system I was using with, with a relational database and some Python code and pdf generators and it all worked fantastic for me and then i thought you know if something ever happens to me the lodge is hosed <laughs> then i switched it over to access because i figured there's somebody out there that can navigate microsoft access um 
Even if it's if just to open a table it. and click the export to Excel version and then use it from there. Mm -hmm. So that's that's why I did it. Um, and also, I just got you know I can barely maintain what I've got going on, so trying to maintain this collection of various Python scripts and it it, it just got unwieldy. Um, when I was able to stay on top of it, it was brilliant. I could generate notices of any kind for any particular subset of members with a few strokes of the keyboard. And now you're walking around with a box. Yeah. Well, no. box. <laughs> um, not yet. I'm sure it'll get there. Uh, especially, especially around fair time is when the box starts, uh, starts creeping out onto the desk. So, because those are coming up. And uh, this year, they're a week apart. I'd like to point out that my background show of 33rd and beyond has now gotten on to the important part of the York right. <laughs> Which would be the part where you're done? I mean, if they're an organization, John, that just tells you how to think, why can't they just do that from the beginning instead of making you jump to all these other degrees? They do that in Blue Lodge. Like, what? I don't know. That's the best I had. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> no, that, I do remember the summary being funny, and I thought, didn't John recommend this movie? Because that guy at the end's talking about the York right tells you how to think. Yeah, that part. That, that is my one and only qualm about the movie, and I've seen people with smoke coming out of the ears watching that part. But yes. Yeah. Well. You know, Jeff, some people need to be told how to think. It's just, uh, I mean, look at American politics. That's that's your example of sometimes people just need to be told what to think. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying we can get done in, you know, 10 different rituals, what you guys take 29 to do. So <laughs> well, really, we take five to do it. And the others are just uh, elaborations. At least if you believe the... Um... Yeah, you're not allowed to skip in the Earth right. Yeah, I know. I wish you weren't allowed to skip in the Scottish right either. It's a it's a thing that, that'll change one day. Yeah, and as a guy who skipped through the Scottish right, I wish I wouldn't have, because I have to go back. I want to go back and watch all of them, so there is that. Of course, I, uh, you know, my, my path in the Scottish right led me through the chairs in the Council of Kadosh, which controls... 12 degrees and so in, in hindsight I wasn't complaining too much during my tenure in the council that we were skipping degrees and now as a grumpy True. old uh, past guy I'm like man we really should be doing all these degrees but there's 12 of them and the council yeah. of Kedush has like 5 officers in it 12 degrees yes that's true unless you're uh Sitting in the Big East in the uh, uh, Lodge of Perfection, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think it matters a lot. I'm just saying, they're the ones who guide the business meetings. Yeah, they have the business meetings. That's an important function. <laughs> um, no, the, uh, you know, then you've got the guys in the consistory that actually just run everything. But they make the Lodge of Perfection guys do it. 
That's always fun to watch. And then you always got the uh, you always got our, our our separate hierarchy that's outside the bodies. So you just have any random white hat that shows up and can step in and throw a wrench. See, the Scottish right is exactly like the York right. <laughs> yeah, or like Blue Lodge for that matter. You think of the yeah, white hats truly. as the past masters, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, we were talking before the show about our uh, our visit to uh, my first time observing a Prince Hall initiation. Uh, we're not going to talk about that too much on the air, other than to say it's uh, it was suitably different uh, from what I'm accustomed to. Really? But what I want, what I brought that up for was to mention that uh, our Prince Hall brothers know how to treat past masters. Just, uh, just saying. Those I think guys. the descriptors I used in the pre-recording conversation were vigorous and robust. As the PHA does their business, and those are two very, very good adjectives for uh, for describing it. Uh, I'd say I enjoyed it. I just during the degree, I was, uh, I was just taking it in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were. Oh, oh, the uh, the public grand honors through us. That was probably one of the funniest parts of the. Well, yeah, that was. Uh, do they not do them the same way we do? Uh, they do not. Uh, they uh, do not at all. Not even, not even close to being similar at all. So, so they started doing that. Well, it's similar in the fact that it's you know the three times three count. So, the master said we were going to render these public grand honors to to our grand line officers, <laughs> like from our grand this lodge, uh, who were there visiting. So we all stand up and, you know, me and Mike and Sam are standing on the edge. And then we, we get like to the first clap and then realize, uh, uh, and then we tried to like do what they were doing for like one or two counts. And then we all just kind of stopped and folded our hands and just stood there like, yeah, I'm not. Doing this. Um, so there was like, what, 15 to 13 or something like that ratio. Yeah, I mean, it was a small lodge that we packed out. Yeah. Visitors. Um, so they do the three times three, but they do it differently. I'm I'm confused about that. You'll have to talk about it after the you'll show. have to demonstrate it after the show. I don't know if it <laughs> in open open lodges like we do. Um, because they don't they don't do uh, public installations either. So I'm not sure that our Prince Hall brothers intend for their public grand honors to be publicly known, even though they're called, even though they're the public, called public grand honors. I'm not going to assume, uh, you know, I was a guest in their house, so I'm going to uh, wait till after the show. But uh, it, it, there's just a lot of, a lot of differences. Uh, the other thing was the, uh, the closing charge when everybody met on the level uh, was delivered in this, like, Baptist sermon style. <laughs> it was, it worked. It worked really well. Um, it was, it was a very moving moment in closing the lodge. Is the was it something that he came up with, or did it sound like something that was? Pretty... No, it's the same. It's the same charge we have uh, that oh, you do okay. at the end, like when everybody meets on the level. Well, yeah. you do until I stop being master. Back mm -hmm. when I was master, we did it. Um, <laughs> I recall, and I almost did it once, and then I didn't. Well, so this Smarter. guy did it, but he did it in like that. Think of like the the black church preacher, like the the stereotype that you see on TV. Yeah. So he did the closing charge like that. It was very, very heartfelt and charged. And like he walked out of Lodge feeling like, hell yeah, I'm going to go do this. 
um, it, it wasn't our style of kind of reserved uppity, you know, ritual. Like you're talking down at people. It was, it was like a preacher engaging the flock. Uh, it, that's really the only way I can describe it. But it, it, it worked in that moment so well. That I was like, God, I wish we had somebody that could do this. That was fantastic. So, yeah, I'm learning uh, learning a little more about our Prince Hall brothers as time goes on. And uh, eventually I'll see the other two degrees, probably with this uh, same line of, of fellas. And uh, I don't know, maybe then I'll report back on the, the whole system of three degrees. But I'm, I'm always struck by how there's times when I, I go do stuff with Prince Hall or they come do stuff with us how it seems like it's exactly the same. And then there's other moments where they couldn't be more different. And sometimes those moments will happen in the same evening. You're like, well, everything was exactly the same except for this. This couldn't be more different. So it's fun. It's, it's like going to a jurisdiction several states away, but you only have to drive 20 minutes. Interesting. Bruce stood us up, so you know he could have enjoyed all this too. But. Yeah, everyone else, no, everyone else did too. I didn't. I totally <laughs> did. I wanted to go, but I was not. I didn't. Yeah. You know, it was, was just the, the the three brothers are the only three that showed up. For well, the, uh, the grandmaster was there, Bruce, and he noted your absence. Uh, 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 I feel like that's not true, Harlan, but I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Whatever. I'll find it. Uh, or I won't. At some point, I'm just going to say screw it and just stop trying. Uh, especially since I almost started the show tonight wearing my uh, local sports team hoodie. And, uh, Is that why you have a t- I've never seen you in yes, just a t-shirt. That's why I'm wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> I have never. Before we started recording, Tony. I think this is only the second time since I've uh, started watching. The first time was when you had to move that desk. <laughs> Yep, this is this is my undershirt. I am doing the show in my underwear. Um, well, I mean, I'm wearing pants, but yes, this is an undergarment. It's not meant to be worn on its own. Pants? Nobody told me we were wearing pants tonight. <laughs> Bruce, the one night you're on camera, that's extra funny. Uh, so. <clears throat> Gonna pretend that didn't just happen. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm not wearing pants. I'm sorry. Moving on. Awkward. Wow. That's weird. All right. Um, what else do we have to talk tonight? I... Did anybody talk last week on the podcast about uh, needing to replace Jeff on the technology committee? Yes, we did. Yes. Yes. Okay. And Jeff showed us the box, and that power button is not the obvious power button. Told you. So. So even your guy at work, even your guy at work that was cracking with me when I came in there to pick up that computer, even he made it. Admitted there, there's that a there's a power button that's where like the power button on every tower is, and it has a power icon, and that's not the power button. You have to push the logo in the middle of the case. Yep. <laughs> that's, Still didn't that's, push it. That's. 
not quite. How fair. was I supposed to know how to press the logo? I mean, I would have eventually. You didn't tell me. It, but it would have been after. I thought it was tried, obvious. Like everything else, no, nope. it's not obvious. It the logo on any other tower minutes. I've ever had has not been a has not been a power button. Yeah, guys, I just pushed the logo on mine and it didn't do anything. Yeah. Oh, let me let me try my phone. Nope. It, it doesn't even push. TV. Nope. You have a keyboard. Bruce, I'm imagining you have a, a little round button somewhere on the front of your case that has the the international power symbol. Logo. That logo. is exactly correct. Into it. And guess what that button does, Harlan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel a little bad. Like, the computer. I feel bad. Connects to the internet. So much of a hard time, and then then he showed me, and then I was like, No, oh, I mean, oh. I will admit it. It it's funny. You know, I bring it back. I'm like, it doesn't work. And then he picks it up. Yeah, it works. And yeah, I, but. I mean, next yeah. time I get in my car, the, the I'll try to press. The logo won't start up my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Mike gets in somebody's car that he borrowed and starts honking the horn and wondering why the car won't start. Hey, What's I'm wrong with this? That. I'm pressing the logo. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> 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 Mazda's. The car won't start, but everybody's getting out of my way, so there's that at least. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of that, um, why, why are people so afraid of machines? This this Uber cool. self-driving car that like hit this lady who regrettably died. Going back and, and reading the story about that, that that woman was dead, whether that was a self-driving car or a normal driven car or anything else. Like from what I, I haven't I haven't heard this story. So there from was a little off her. Did she didn't she run out like yes. she illegally crossed the road directly in front of the car, giving no no chance whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, at some point, like autonomy can do a lot of things and sensors and like computer response time being instant can do some amazing things, but it, they, they can't change the laws of physics. And when you have a car moving at 40 miles an hour and you step out in front of it, even if the reaction time is instantaneous, it's, it's still not going to end well. Um, but somehow this has turned into an internet crusade about why we can't have autonomous vehicles and self-driving cars are going to kill everyone. Why? Because Newtonian laws still function yeah, under well, the use of an Intel chip. But but I see this in, in other areas with the like. There's this this human fear of of machines. Like if it had been a person driving that car, and this woman got killed, it wouldn't have been a news story because she stepped out in front of a car on a high moving street. Uh. But because it was a self-driving car, it's like an international news story, and Congress is calling for investigations, and they've seized all the data boxes in the car, and the, there's like all this this stuff happening. And the police report is like very entirely boring. possible a person would have been arrested for manslaughter. Yep. Here's why, and this is me being the jaded old man that I am is because with technology at play, you're removing that human element, which means you're removing the variability of what caused the crash. Therefore, you can't, I don't know, put blame in the direction that you choose to. 
maybe I'm completely off the rails here, no, that's, but that's true. But you know, I I guess that comes with being a quote millennial. Is I'm okay with that. I like dealing with black and white and absolutes, and you know, like at some point we have autonomous vehicles and they're they've got a near perfect driving record. I, I don't know when that day comes, but it'll come eventually. Then whenever there's there's a car accident of any kind, it becomes very easy to decide who has to pay for that. Like, it's two self-driving cars. They're going to have the data logs that can just be pulled, and you can know exactly what happened, and one manufacturer or the other screwed up. If it was a human in an autonomous car, like a human-piloted car and a self-driving car that collide in this distant future world I dream of, it just becomes very easy. You just assume that the human driver did something to screw up because the computer doesn't. Um, you know, it stops at every stop sign. It obeys every crosswalk. It never runs a red light. It, it okay. Right now, that stuff happens because these are being developed. But that—that's the goal. Is you've got like a road filled with vehicles that just don't make the silly mistakes that get people killed. Um, I don't know why we wouldn't want to press towards that, but. Seems like every time there's any like the least little incident involving a self-driving car, it gets blown into an international incident because we're afraid on some level. Now wait a minute, aren't you a libertarian? I am. So are you kind of seeing? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're taking away the freedom of driving, man. Well, what it did it make news, man? You can like go to private roads, I guess, or you know your farm or whatever, and race your car all you want. Go to the racetrack. I, I just had to be crap. No, I totally agree with you. Actually, yeah. I mean, every time I get on the road, like I'm being put at risk by everybody who's not paying attention. So, which is a, a lot of people, really. Yeah, well, it's a whole lot of people. I mean, every time there's a, a collision of vehicles, not every time, but what is it? What would you say, John? You're the law enforcement expert. Would you say 99% of times it's because somebody screwed up? One, I am never an expert in anything. Two, that's quite the assumption. Three, however, <laughs> the three major causes of driving or of collisions are uh, or car accidents are driving too fast for conditions, unsafe backing, and driving while drunk. Yeah. So oh. People screwing up. Yeah, so there's a tiny minority of cases where it was just like an unavoidable tragedy that where the stars aligned and something horrible happened. But in most cases, somebody was not paying attention or they were intoxicated or they were driving not safely as they should have been. Um, Fun fact, for the uh, post office, unsafe driving was the cause of like 90 plus percent of accidents about 20 years ago. And they instituted a thing where, like, every route had to have approved backing points. And if you weren't at, like, that address, you weren't allowed to back up unless it was, unless you had no other option. And they dropped, what? About, like, I don't know, 50% something. Yeah. Really? So, like, that's a thing now. Yeah. Well, because they don't, so the post office doesn't have all the weather-related accidents to deal with. Because as we were talking about on Slack earlier, uh, milk trucks are immune it doesn't matter. We just said post office. Mail trucks are immune from uh, <laughs> rain, hail, sleet, or snow. Like they just continue functioning uh, uh, uh. regardless. Well, also, 
they're much harder to see out the rear half of than a car because they don't have back windows or rear, a rear windows. Rear windows. Yep. You got those like dome mirrors hanging off the back corner though, right? Don't those work? Yeah, but there's 13 mirrors on that truck. I can't see all of them at the same time. You know who could see all of them at the same time? A spider. I was going to say a self-driving milk truck. <laughs> uh, um, hmm. Think about it, Bruce. You could be like, hmm. you know, you could be, you know, smoking in the back, trying not to catch the packages on fire, sorting your mail or whatever. Instead of doing it in your in your rack in the morning, you could like do it in your truck as your truck's just taking you where you need to go. What a world. I would I would rather be in control of the truck, Harlan, to be honest with you. Maybe that's that's weird. technology. The difference between me and the computer is like I can see other people and like understand if they're gonna mess up. Like I can I can read intentions better than a computer can. And you can predict if that lady's gonna walk in front of you or not. Yes, <laughs> like maybe maybe ten seconds earlier I would have seen that lady walking between the two cars. It goes out into the street, and I would have slowed down or changed lanes just in case. Hey, maybe there's a woman about to walk out between those two cars. Computer ain't gonna no. do that. Would you have? Yes. Mm. I mean, no. I said I could have. So, well, the thing is, like, these things are as sophisticated as we want to make them. Eventually, like, there's a purpose-built piece of technology is always superior to human intelligence in that purpose so eventually what we we don't after it has enough data we don't have good general intelligence which is why driving is difficult for ai to do at the moment but in general the 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 thesis is any particular niche that you build a machine for that machine's going to be better than a person at that niche whether that's playing chess or doing mathematics, or again, eventually, eventually driving a car. Because computers have been playing chess for 30-some-odd years, and they've only been beating people for, like, seven or eight years. 20? 20 what? About the... the what was Deep Blue? Game? No. Beat the world, uh, world chess Lost. champion was in, like, the 90s. No. Oh, my timeline's off. That was that was the they also have that by IBM. They also have that new that new AI that beat uh, that uh, world master or whatever at uh, Go. I think. Oh, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Go. Huh? Is it just called Go? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but that's like the most most computational or whatever they said, like intensive game on the planet or something, and yeah. So and then again, the guy beats him. That that wasn't the computer's first try, I'm sure. Eventually no, we'll no. get there, but we may never get there because the French guy is gonna build uh build those tubes to take us everywhere, like it's Futurama. The hyperloop. Hmm. That's what that's called. That could so be they called somebody. Yeah, like you damn kids, back in my day, we used to have to get in the car and drive places. You didn't just get to go jump in the tube and pop out where you wanted to be. Kids don't know how easy you got it. Also, what happens to like the the high school romance that uh, our vehicles tend to be known for? <laughs> Everybody's floating around in those tubes. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're just going to have to sanitize the tubes after every use. Yeah, they're going to have to have auto, uh, auto sanitation. Yeah. <laughs> Tube wipes. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. Is just kids will always find a way. <sighs> Grown-ups, not so much, because, you know, they have kids, and so... But... I was say, because kids get in the way. Yeah, yeah, I was just uh, just having that conversation with the Mrs. earlier. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a self preservation mechanism that kids have because they don't want you to have more kids that they have to share resources with. So they have a biological instinct to prevent you from making more for as long as possible. Admittedly, the missus and I have the same biological instinct because if we had more, we'd probably have a rather surmountable drinking problem. Yeah, which would well, lead to you know, other John, problems. There are doctors that can fix that for you. I thought I just mentioned something about that earlier about a yeah. particular visit and a you know grip like a swinging gibbon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what you meant. I remember that. Oh, do I remember that? I'll never. Yep. Yeah. I. My whole purpose in life is to try to get you to lance out your mind's eye. Yeah. Well. No, I liked it. I've uh, I've had that experience, so my mind's eye's already been lanced, and I'll never. Uh, like I'm, I'm, my stomach's getting ill just remembering it. Let's uh, let's move on to something else. Right, thanks, buddy. So I'm doing confused. that in two months, so yeah, thanks. That's that. That'll that builds up my confidence. Ooh, sorry. Um, it's we'll, we'll talk after the show. Uh, it, it's it's worth doing. Yeah, I, um, I made a simple two-word request to my uh, practitioner. Full anesthesia. Yes, that that was going to oh, be what we talked about oh. after the show. I'm Ow. going sleepy. Yeah, I, I did not, and that is my biggest regret in life at this point, <laughs> is that I did not. All right. Well, it looks like John's uh, movie is ending, so we're going to be without backdrop material. Oh, look at that. Yeah, we may want to roll this into a close. Plus, it's 20 till 11. Yeah, we yeah, are Oh, my quick Lord, show. it is. We don't know how to do quick so shows. much. <laughs> this is, this yeah, is central time. Experience works. It's like Heartless you hang out at your lodge. And you tell your significant other that I'm only going to be here 10 or 20 minutes, and then we're packing up and going home. <laughs> and then, like, eight hours later. Oh, good. That's just not a northern thing. I am awesome. <laughs> No, um, my, my wife learned to stop asking what time I was coming home from after Lodge Lodge after about my fourth meeting. It is kind of fascinating that my <laughs> my wife has just grown accustomed to my rolling in at three or four a.m. on Lodge nights. Yep. You know, it took it took mine it took mine a while as well to get used to it, but uh, now it's it's ladies' night on set, Lodge nights, so she I'm typically home before she is. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like. There was one night, I forget why, I think everybody just left. I don't know. I got home at like midnight, and my wife freaked out. Like, oh my god, what happened? Did you quit Lodge? <laughs> Would there, did her eyes light like when she asked that question? Uh, a little bit, yes. <laughs> so, alright. Now that we have exercised our typical After Lodge fanfare... Yes, we can call a close to episode 195 of the After Lodge podcast. Wow. 
Yeah. You can uh, find the show notes for this or any previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. You can find us on Facebook at After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. Hang out with us on IRC at irc.snoonet.org. Pound sign Freemasonry. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, on Google Play, My Freemasonry, Stitcher, G Potter, and basically any other podcast directory that matters. Uh, so check us out there, leave us some feedback, share us with your friends, and until then, you can catch us on the Freemasonry and After Lodge subreddits. Uh, and those are two separate subreddits, because somebody asked about that. So, uh, that is r slash Freemasonry or r slash After Lodge. Uh, preferably the latter, if you're going to engage in our typical kind of banter. So until next week, brothers, we'll see you then. Later. Later, everybody.